Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real surreal. Oh, let's see if we give a flying fox on this one here. With Harry Potter, The Order of the Phoenix, and the fifth movie, and directed by David Yates, and screenplay by Michael Goldenberg. David Yates, who I believe continues throughout the rest of the he series. He does the rest, yeah. So, so say goodbye to any bright colors. Yeah, he does the rest. There was a meme that I saw recently, it was... um. It was uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah, Barbie, Barbie it show, yeah, yeah, it showed Barbie. It's like Harry Potter, first two movies. Yeah. Even yeah, Oppenheimer, Harry Potter, three through seven. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God. That works. We saw this thing pop yeah. up. I, th- I think I sent it to you guys. It's yeah. books one to three. Fuck yeah, I'm Harry Potter. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. shush. Books four through seven. Fuck, I'm Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> It does kind of that feeling here, and I gotta say, like, I kind of, like, I, this is one that I absolutely, like, I think it missed a little bit. Still, like, I know they gotta cut some things there out, were, but... Again, it's another situation of there was a lot in the book it that was, I okay. couldn't really get Order into of, Order of the it. Phoenix is the, is the biggest book out of all of them. Right, yeah. Has the most pages in it. Yeah, 867 yeah. in the American version, yeah. So... There's this whole... 750 everywhere else. There's yeah. this whole thing yeah. about the, about 12 Grimmauld Place and, yeah. like, the, the spooks and the ghosts that are in it. And there's, a that, lot, yeah. there's a lot of... There's a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot shows of, up for one line. Yeah, they, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in it that they had to cut out. Um, it's actually, this one is actually the shortest of the Harry Potter movies as well. It is, yeah. Um, wow, yeah. that's kind of messed up, you yeah. know, considering that it's the longest book. They had yeah. to, it's the longest book, but the shortest movie. They had to cut out a lot of um, stuff that, because they're trying to stay as true as possible to the overarching plot line, they had to remove some of the smaller stuff involved. So they took out the Quidditch stuff. They right. took out the... Um, Which the, upset uh, Rupert Grant. A lot, because he a likes lot, the yeah. Quidditch stuff. Yeah. Um, they took out uh, them being, turning into the prefects. They took out... Um, they took out Dobby... They took out... The um, owl's results. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, the owl's results. You don't actually yeah. find out until book six, in e- uh, not book six, uh, movie six. And even in movie six, they kind of gloss yeah. over it. It's not that big of a deal for them. Yeah. Um, you'll see when you see the next movie, because there's at one point where um, there's a new teacher, and Ron and Harry have a free period, because... They didn't earn well enough marks in a specific subject to continue on in that subject. I'm not saying what subject. I'm not saying who the teacher is, because that's in the next movie. Yeah. But it makes some sense. It, when, it when makes you get them. There. It, it, they're standing in the hallway, and uh, McGonagall walks by, and she's basically like, "Your new teacher said that you earned, you know, the marks that you've earned in your owls are well enough that you can take that class. So take the class." And Harry's like, "Okay." And she looks over, and she's like. And take Weasley with you. He looks far too happy over there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that in the book, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there's certain stuff that's in the next one, but like I said, it's not really... Yeah. After that, it's never mentioned how important these tests are. These are, these tests are essentially, for us in the U.S., what this, uh, the, the SATs state would testings be. state testings, yeah. Well, it's, I think it's the SATs, because yeah. it's supposed to, you know, give them an, you know... An, upper advances to the next, you know, the next part of their right. journeys just, in life. I just heard 
I just re- recalled teachers complaining about being forced to teach to the test, like yes. shit. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. I, I will I'm go like, on a huge rant about that. I'm not going to get yeah. into it. But yeah, uh, a lot of schooling in the U.S. specifically, because of the way standardized tests are, uh, teachers are, are taught to teach for the test in their curriculum, not right. so much to teach. Make the school look good. Yeah, because yeah, test because results tester- bring more more state money. Yeah, and test results are incentivized, and it's their own their own pockets are lined. Yep. Yeah, MCAS is the state test. Yeah, SATs is like us, a yeah. national. SATs yeah. are are to get like into college yeah. and things Which like that. Which is slowly starting to lose its grip on things. Um, slowly, but uh, but but regardless, I mean, I think you did miss a lot of it. Also, like one of the things it one of the things I saw it missed was. A lot of the impact of Dolores Umbridge. Be, uh, she is okay. We, she's terrible. She, Dolores. She okay, is. She out. is so much nastier in, in the, the book. book. Yes, and she is pretty bad here. It yeah. is so like it's. I don't want to say drawn out, but it yeah. is. There is definitely they definitely make you hate her yeah. far more in the book. Yeah. I still believe that the actress who plays her played her. Superbly. I think it was very good. However, here's a couple things that I remember, though, is, you know, I mustn't tell lies. Yep. Is one of those that where I was reading the, you know, I apologize, I was listening to the audiobook version with Jim Dale. It's still reading. And no, still, but it's yeah. just to, you know, just to get it right. But I was listening to that, and he does a very distinct voice. He is a mid-50s British gentleman who can sound like a tiny girl in one breath and then sound like an old man and an old woman in he's, another breath. He's got a rubber band voice. You know, he, you know, he is the elastic voice, like, you know, that we know now of, like, um, who the hell, who, who is it that did... Uh, Mel but, Blank? But yeah, like, yeah, so thank you, yeah. Yeah, he's like the Mel Blank type. But so, I mean, yeah, because Jim has, Carrey's got the rubber face. Yeah, right. Right, and you know, like, but he has this range of just gender and age that's just phenomenal. But he does this, and they, the I mustn't tell lies, where you know the quill is on the parchment, mm-hmm. and then kind of you know, getting you onto yeah, getting onto Harry's hand, and how Harry has to deal with that it and deal just with get the on his hand. It's like it's scratched, it's, yeah, carved, it's carved, it's carved in, yeah. into his hand. I want, I want to get that tattoo. Just yeah, like across the, I, I across will, the hand. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Yeah. Has come out and said to people, please don't do that. Why? I don't Why know. I, listen to her? I don't know. I'm just saying that she she yeah. has said, please don't do that. Because yeah. it's supposed to be part of a kind of a torturous scene for Harry. So like, does, that, right. does that stop anybody? No. So. And he stood up. And, but, and because of that torture, he stood up. And oh, he opposed the. Oh, the I agree. Evil. I'm just yeah. saying that, that there was. See, of course, J.K. doesn't want us to oppose the evil because that's what she is now. Yeah. No. <laughs> the villain, straight up. Yeah. Now, in case of Hollywood accounting, this movie itself actually uh, uh, caused Warner Brothers to say that it lost 167 million dollars altogether. Why? Because of the fact it was a five-day opening, and you know it did three hundred thirty-three million dollars, grossed a total of nine hundred forty-two million dollars, but the advertising and the budgets also it ah, dropped so it. it it weighed in, yep, yeah. So, but you know we still had the others in line, 
I just think, you know, with Dolores Umbridge, I had a very personal experience with someone who, um, go to the end of last episode, I actually said the person's name, but it's out there, I'm just not going to repeat it, Mm -hmm. um, but I had a, a close encounter with somebody who pretty much resembled Dolores Umbridge. Yes, 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 yes. And it was a CEO of a place that I worked at before where I work now, my day job. And she was one who accused me of lying about a bunch of things. Uh, And the one thing that is my absolute pet peeve is being called a liar. Oh, I feel you. And But I was, you know, I was telling my side of it, but because she didn't like me, Mm -hmm. she was believing the disgruntled employees. Of course. You know, and she, you know, she tried to force me out of a job. Mm-hmm. And as that result, I got stressed out and nearly had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, good. there's one scene with it where Harry says something, and I remember this in the book, and I just, like, I just screamed joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I looked at him like, fuck you. And it's honestly, like, I, I just think it, it did well, and I know it needs to cut, you know, things need to be cut, but I just really think it didn't get all of it. Well... And it can't. The, it yeah. missed that. It actually missed a couple of major <laughs> points when it came to Umbridge. Mm. Um, one of them specifically, it, they kind of... They kind of do it in the movie where you see Fred and George, like, helping what looks like a first year. Yeah. Uh, trying to... Because he's sitting there crying because he's right, just right. gone through it. Yeah. Um... I believe it's Hermione in the book who um, comes up with, I guess there's a, uh, like a liquid or something that she put Harry's hand in to help to, to kill the pain right. from it. That's right. Yeah. I remember um, that. Yeah. So there's, there's a scene in the book where that happens. Yeah. It's not in the movie. Yeah. They just, he just kind of has to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and there's another scene too, actually, because in the movie you see her being dragged away by centaurs. Right. In the book, she is brought back right um after a few days yeah well they did show a newspaper clip in the movie that yeah, well in, like that, in the book she's yeah. back in the book she's actually brought back to the school and yeah. she's in but, the nurse's office she's and, all, like, and all she'll do is just mutter just <laughs> like yeah, something happened to her. Out she's there. sort of petrified, as if I remember right. She's no, she's not petrified. She yeah. is catatonic. Yeah, she is mentally broken. Yeah, um, she gets better, unfortunately, but um, she is for the ending of it. She is brought back, and she is very, very traumatized right. by what happened. And if you've watched any of the film theories or anything else or done any sort of research on what um, kind of is the history of centaurs. No. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you can get a pretty good idea of what she might have gone through. I get your point. Yeah. 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 So uh, if, if you're doing that, <laughs> she, I don't want to say she got her just desserts because yeah. I'm also not going to lose sleep. I'm not going to lose. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. be, uh, too broken up yeah. about what happened to uh, Umbridge, especially no. since I, if my feelings are conveyed like this, is that they make the centaurs out to be kind of like indigenous people, right? And they keep taking their land and making their territory smaller and smaller and smaller, right? 
And with uh, and with that, it's just before they did a pretty good job, even though it was quick, showing that she really doesn't like kids. No, she's in, in the movie. She actually hates it. Yeah. She actually says it. Yeah, that yeah. she hates children. Yeah, it was, but it was relatively quick. I know in the book they kind of go into it a little more, mm-hmm. and then they know a little bit, but I'm like okay, they got that point. They got that, and yeah. I kept thinking, she has eyes like Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm I'm not crazy there. No. No, but you did actually. That's pretty good fantasy casting right there, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Will Ferrell would. uh, Could he play a. a, I don't know. Think about it, because I know Nick is, because the vision is in my head, so I know it's in his. (laughs) Can he play an unbearable character? Yes. Well, I mean, like a jerk. Yeah. I haven't seen his entire. I'm film. a psychopath. Oh, that was this, that was him. Yeah. Oh, so who got to? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Put a pin in that for later. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, that's actually pretty good fantasy casting. Ask about change me. I'm a psychopath. That would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> Suddenly, I really want to see that movie. Zoolander yeah, two. No, I've, no, no. no. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't see Zoolander two. Is this a magical no, school for ants? Yeah, it's not a. <laughs> the first one was fine on there. its own. Yeah, it, it, it didn't add anything to it. It was it wasn't very good. Um, but you know that movie, this one here. So, uh, Order of the Phoenix. Um, you know this movie itself goes here. Second, uh, you know it's. Kind of where I thought of it. I remember hearing about this coming out and thinking to myself, okay, are people going to burn out on Harry Potter at all at this point? And if, no, I mean... they didn't. And, you know, with the budget being 150 to $200 million in the U.S., um, grossing a good amount actually did pretty well. Um, was released in IMAX format. I'm going to get into that, why I point that out later. Um, but a few other things. Which would have been been great if they had Quidditch. But they do a couple things, and I noticed it, is what they did do is the very, very, very beginning, uh, when they're hanging in a schoolyard, and I kind of wonder, I'm like, wait, did I put the right Harry Potter (laughs) on? Hang on a second, is this? Oh, there it is. Yeah. But it goes, no, because I see it, and I see colors. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. Okay, wait, it's the muggle world. Mm-hmm. Wait a second, what do we do? Oh, there was colors in the yeah, beginning? Yeah, in the, well, in the very beginning, it's just different from what we've seen. I would also like to point out yeah. that in this this scene, because Dudley shows up in this scene, yeah. the shirt that he is wearing yeah. is metallic. Yeah. You have to remember that this is supposed to be based in the 90s. Yeah. His attire just, is just pretty glad it wasn't hypercolor with the handprints right. on it. Right, like early nineties though. Yeah, hey, at least he wasn't wearing a uh, a bum uh, equipment. <laughs> he was not wearing. Bum. I'm not even sure bum equipment is is something that was like in trend in the UK. But I do very much remember. Uh, you know, you know, fanny packs weren't a big thing in the UK. <laughs> well, <laughs> ha, 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 that's that's a British slang joke. Some people got it. I got it. Um, but no, but he's wearing the shirt is metallic, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, that's right, we're sticking in the '90s." Motif I was thinking here. like more like the big big chain around the neck thing. That too, and, and he's called Big D. 
<laughs> his friends call him Big D. His friends yeah. call him Big D, and Harry kind of just insults him by calling him Big D. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one had it yeah. coming, all right. Did you, what? You've been yeah. picking on ten-year-olds. This, <laughs> this one deserved it. <clears throat> and you know the. <laughs> Start running, but they're attacked by Dementors. And you also and have to remember that Dementors are, cannot be seen by Muggles. Right. So, basically, he got attacked by, in Dudley's perspective... He got attacked he got by a, nothing. He got attacked by Harry. Yeah. Because all he sees is Harry brandishing his wand and nothing else around. Uh, right. I thought he was just being a prick. No, he really <laughs> thinks that. He really does think that Harry attacked him. <laughs> He does yeah. not know that there was something else there. Yeah. I which, feel like they should have maybe had a little shot yeah. that would show us his perspective. That's very much in the book. Like yeah, in the yeah. book, you know, it's it. everything goes into more detail in the book. There's at least um, a few paragraphs from Dudley's perspective at the beginning of the book. Oh, also the, the sky is gets inexplicably stormy, and that's when well, all, they all freak out, though. Yeah. <laughs> and everything starts being blue, and that's when they all scatter and run. Yeah. yeah. See, is, meanwhile, this is, that's how we know it's movie magic, because yeah. if it was actually England, as soon as the sun came out, people would freak out and run away. That's the thing of Craig Ferguson now. You know, my dad wanted to head. He had a skittle of finding well water. Great, you found fucking water in London. <laughs> Congratulations. Good, yeah, great. Where is it? It's right there. Yeah, but it's coming uh, from the fucking sky. Yeah. Uh, so Harry, uh, Harry repels with the Patronus spell, and uh, they head off, head back home, get Dudley, who is very much just he's not all, a great. He's all fucked up. Not, yeah, but he's really Harry fucked up because also any... he's really just messed up from everything else from the last movie. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And, and I understand this. This this that scene is actually pretty telling because once Dudley starts making fun of Harry in the playground, Harry runs up and pulls out his wand. And all the guys around are laughing, except for Dudley. Yeah. Because he goes perfectly still because yeah. he knows, he knows, knows how dangerous yeah. that wand is. So he immediately knows to back the fuck off. He just pissed off his cousin, who's way more powerful than him. And then as they're running away, because obviously something is is coming, and at least Harry can tell, and Dudley can feel it. Dudley is now realizing, at least in this movie, how dangerous and precarious the situation with his cousin actually is. That's why I, I would think that he wouldn't, you know, fuck around with insulting he his stops. dead mother. He stops after yeah. this one. Oh. Yeah, Dud- Dudley learns a lesson after this one, and it actually, they cut it out of um, of the very, of the seventh movie. They cut it out. There's actually a scene between Dudley and Harry where they kind of go bygones be bygones and yeah. shake hands and, like, part ways amicably. That's- so... It's, it's, there is character, Dudley has actual character growth. See, that's what I thought was happening in the tunnel after Harry saved him, but since you told me that he couldn't see the thing that was, and then I thought he was backstabbing at Harry when he got home and told his parents that it was him, so. He actually does, at that point. I thought he was going to learn his lesson then, like, oh, he saved me. No. He He does later. He does later. He does. Unfortunately, we don't really, we don't get to see that scene in... The movie in is the not movie. there. We see, we see an extended um, Petunia scene instead. Yep, there's this extended yeah. Petunia scene. Petunia's actual character kind of comes out 
a little bit later on um, when you start learning some of the backstories of the characters. Um, And Vernon never changes. Vernon is always the same. No. He's just a terrible person. Yeah, even though he's celebrating because Harry gets uh, Harry gets a notice that uh, the Ministry of Magic detected that he used magic and he's expelled from Hogwarts. Yep, he used magic. Should have noticed his Lumos job yeah. a couple years ago. Right, but, all right. You know. He used magic in front of a Muggle. Yeah. It's that's that's where the the violation is. Now, granted, he's also not underage. He's not right. He's not supposed to be using magic. Period. But he used it specifically in front of a Muggle, and that is a huge violation of the code. And that's why he gets, quote-unquote, expelled from school. Yeah, until Dumbledore says, eh, no, no, not yet. I no. think it's ironic that they send the magical letter into the house of his muggle relatives. It's because the muggle relatives the muggle relatives know. That's uh, the whole thing. Yeah. They know. So, you know, it's kind of like Hermione getting, like, her mail at her parents' house. Her parents know um, they've kind of been given like special permission, essentially. Right. Um, for, and I guess it's like that for Harry's house too, because there's no choice of the matter. You know, part of a magical world, yeah. your you know your family's going to get involved. Oh yeah, because mm. uh, his mom was his aunt's sister, right? Yeah. Right. Um, what else? Oh, and we're we're forgetting a specific character here who does show up. Mrs. Figs. Mrs. Figs. Yeah. Who is? Who was that? Anyway, she is the neighbor. She lives across the street. They don't really they don't mention her in the movies at all. But Miss Fig has been mentioned since the very first book. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she's been there the whole time. Yeah, because she used to she used to babysit Harry, and he always was very uncomfortable in her house because mm-hmm. she had all this weird shit everywhere. And that's because of of who she is. Yeah. She is part of the magical world, but she's like Filch. She's a uh, she's a squib. So she knows she knows she saw the she saw the Dementors because she's part of a a wizarding family. She has been around magic her entire life. She just can't wield it. So that's why her character's important. Um, But she's kind again. She's just introduced in this movie, and then you never see her again. That's terrible. I do remember her in the books. Mm, like she's she's yeah. not a, she's not a huge character by any means, but yeah. she is important, and they kind of had to keep her because of her, yeah. a very important scene that's going to be coming up. Right, and when we have we go to the Ministry of Magic, and uh, he's on trial. Well, don't forget he who he gets picked up by that right. night because he gets picked up by Moody. Yeah, he gets picked up by Kingsley Shacklebolt, who is part of the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Arthur Weasley. And Nymphadora Tonks, who yeah. is one of my favorite characters. See, both of our favorite characters show up in this movie. Mine's yeah. not Tonks, though. We'll get to it. Yeah. Tonks. Figure Tonks would be yours. Tonks. I love Tonks because she is... Stonks. She's just... She has the ability to change her hair color, like, by feeling. She's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Yes. She can... She Fully can a shapeshifter. Full on change the face. She has moody She's not an, an animagus, but she has uh, qualities of one where she can change herself into different types of being ducks, pigs, things like that. She, it's just kind of the way she is and she's always been strange. And so she didn't get along with a lot of people, which is why in the books, it goes into it a bit deeper. She ends up in a relationship with Lupin. Um, That's right. Yeah. She marries Lupin and they have a child. 
and named Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. Yep. One of the more interesting ones I kind of relate to myself was when you see Luna Lovegood. Luna, my favorite character. Yeah. Luna is a fantastic. Character. Yeah, Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Luna. What are you? What are you worried about, Harry? That's you can't see anything. They're just the characters just pulling themselves. <laughs> no. 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 <sighs> and if anybody's ever been around death, you will see a Thestral. I wanted yeah. to know what exactly they mean around death, because... Luna was in the house when her mother's experiment went yeah. bad, and she found her mother's body. It goes into well, I, full, full more detail in the book. Well, I remember that, but I don't know. Hasn't everybody gone to a funeral or stepped on a bug or something? I, I think it's more of a uh, being there when death happens. Right. Or it's somebody personal where it does affect you greatly. Yeah, like... Yeah, everybody right there. And so traumatized. Yes. Well, traumatized, everybody. Yeah. No, later on, everybody sees Sirius die. Yeah. After that, they can all see the Thestrals. Oh, yeah. is that? Wait, they were flying on them before that. Right, but they were they were invisible to yeah. everybody except. So they're flying on nothing. Essentially, that's what I'd like to what I like to imagine. That I was hoping they would show that from it's, their point of view, and it would be hilarious. In the but. book, yeah. it's actually really funny because they're trying to like direct them onto the Thestrals, and it's like, okay, hold on here. And they're like, what am I holding on to? And then after... Um, Wait, just throw a flower on it. But then everybody can see them. And they're supposed to be... This is supposed to be covert. Um, oh, well, I would think... Well, they'll see random flying kids anyways. It's true. I'm only going by the visuals that, you know, are you seeing a random flying kid, you're going to go, okay, I'm seeing things. Now I'm seeing them well, on flying horses. Magical people would be would might be more suspicious that something magical's happening. Mm. But and besides, if you put a little flower on them, I'm sure it will blow off in the atmosphere. Oh, I'm sure. I just I I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. It was more of a get on this invisible horse and let's go. And the and like four of them are like, huh? And then after Sirius dies, they're all like, oh, yeah, that's what that looks like. And then I think after the very, very end, probably everybody who's there can see a Thestral. Right. And I'm just like, somebody should have been like, oh, God, what the fuck is that? In the very, very end, you are correct. Yes. And that they um, and turn around suddenly. Oh, where did that come from? It's kind of like walking out and be like, that was what were one of these like flying undead horse things. <laughs> it made me think of uh, Red Dead Redemption. The zombie add-on. Uh, yeah, the uh, zombie nightmare. Yeah. Yes, yes. Didn't you get a burning skeleton horse or something? Yeah. Yes. You become, yeah. A, you become like, one of the apocalypse? Kind of. Yeah. It was an add-on, the, was an add-on where literally the apocalypse yeah. happens in cowboy times. Alrighty, then. And you fight zombies and you can capture magical horses that are either like... I think there's like a rainbow unicorn one and there's mm -hmm. also like a fiery devil horse. Cool stuff like that. Okay. And there are the cool horses. Um, now, the group takes him out, and uh, Dumbledore kind of hand waves and says, no, 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 give give him a trial. We'll talk about it at the trial here. They take him to the Order of the Phoenix. Yep. Which is an Order of the Phoenix, uh, that secret organization founded by Dumbledore that informs Harry that the Ministry of Magic is attempting to stonewall rumors that Voldemort has returned. 
Yep. So Fudge is out there going, nah. Gaslighting yeah. anyone. Yep. Yeah. And uh and he wants to be reelected or something? No, no. He's legitly in full blown denial. Yeah. He is so afraid of what the possibility of Voldemort being back is that he's gone in complete and total yeah. shutdown mode. Yeah. Nope. Deny, deny, deny everything. Yeah. And um just go about your business, dis- be calm. And discredit yeah, yeah. anybody who says otherwise. And they go again, they gloss over another point here where there is uh, some tension in the Weasley household right. because of Percy. Yeah. Percy has become uh, the Ministry of Magic, uh, the Minister of Magic's aide, his right hand man. And doing that is in complete uh, opposite of what his parents and everybody else in the household believes. Mm. He is he in turn turns to uh, side with Fudge over his family. Was this a uh, book only? This is yeah. in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the you do see thing about Percy. You see him at one point. He's you see him. He's Harry holding by the, by the shirt. Yep. Because he's on, uh, he's on Fudge's side. He's on Fudge's side. Yeah, there's at one point when uh, when Dumbledore's army gets right, uh, yeah. gets exposed. Essentially, yeah. Percy is the one holding Harry because he's working for the Minister of Magic. But again, this is uh, not really. It's kind of glossed over in the movie. Yeah. It is in the book. And there's that the order where they have this beautiful. Like almost like a red brick, redstone house that expands out, mm-hmm. like accordion like. It's like, it's like a brownstone yeah. brown place, and nobody, yeah. none of the uh, other people living in the apartments noticed. No, nope. yeah. I, you know, there's one scene in that particular part that actually I was telling Dan when we were watching it. Yeah. There's a scene where these two two people are sitting on a couch watching TV, yeah. and. It's obviously a comedy show because there's like a laugh track, and the two of them are sitting there are stone faced. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, they must now, be really tired. I'm like, are they just holding it in because they're British? Maybe I don't know. I just thought it was funny that it was just like they're just sitting there completely stone faced. Like <laughs> you're. Yeah. I think it might have been to show that they really aren't noticing anything. Oh, I get that. I just, like, you would think that they would put the two people, if there's a laugh track, like, two people going... <laughs> what I just did was very visual. I know you can't see what I just did. Exaggerated laughing and pointing face. Yes. Yes, that could have worked. Now, yeah, and I agree. I, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. just weird. I was just yeah. like, wow, that's a yeah. sense of... Uh, yeah. So I'm a little, a little off here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this this place kind of pops out of the building. Yeah. Another building kind of just expands. Yeah. Even the gate from the uh, yeah. from, from well, the fence yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of pops into yeah. existence. And we have the uh, we have back into it. We have Gary Holman of Sirius Black. Yep. There mentions and they have this little murmurs. We got to tell Harry. We don't tell Harry. He's and just he, a boy. Yeah, and he says he seeks an object that he previously lacked, and Harry says, oh, it's a weapon. Oh, yeah. Is it a Isn't weapon? Isn't it? Probably Harry. Or it's not. Or it's, he's trying to get He's trying to get the prophecy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. kind of confused. At this point, I feel like they're going really fast and just going on, oh, we can't tell Harry he's a kid. That's what the a lot of this movie is. We can't tell Harry he's a kid. We can't tell Harry the less he knows the better because it's better to protect him. Right. What they don't 
come to realize, and everybody in this movie fails Harry, except for Ron and Hermione, who are literally just trying to be there, his support system yeah. in the back. But everybody in this movie fails Harry they because they make him feel so isolated. And compared to how he's grown up where he had literally nothing, no family to fall back on, everything. Past few years, he has people he can trust now, a family that loves him, friends and everything else. And then suddenly it goes silent for months. Right. He's isolated and alone. Yeah. And it's back to feeling like that powerless 11-year-old again. Isn't that what Voldemort wanted? Or yes. Or one of the yeah. ideas? Yes. And they, every, like I said, everybody in this movie fails Harry in this one. I'm just glad to see Ron isn't and Harry aren't being weird. No. They no. they got over that in the last one. Oh, it, like nice. I said, Ron, Ron, Hermione, and uh, Ron and Hermione are his, his backbone, his backbone, his support. And yeah. it comes comes forward a little bit in this one. They're like, even though you're grumpy and angry at the world right now, yeah. we're still your friends. And yeah. still he did, Harry had every right to be. He did. Yeah, he did. And that's where it's like, it's... I liked this because the visual of his angst made it a lot more interesting. Because I remember reading this book, and I'm like... I don't know if I should skip to book six. Right, because he is very yeah. unlikable. Yeah, and I just, it's not just him, though. It's Harry's everybody. Unlikable. Yes, in the book. Yeah. In, in the book, he is way windy. Yeah. But calls, the visual. A little whinge. Yeah, yeah, but the visual whinging. makes sense. It does. When you, what, when you when see you, it, you're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's like, I, I get, get, get why. 15. Yeah. He's 15 years old. He's going through we puberty. There's a lot like of that. shit yeah. going down, and he's being affected by Voldemort himself. Yeah. There's a lot of factors into why Harry There's acts the way he does. Going on in his head. Right, a lot of it. Yeah, and he everything. feels that nobody's telling him anything. Yeah. And he and, has a perfect and and totally, right, though. Yeah, yeah. And I totally get that. And I, I totally, totally do. But, but also adding to this, which I thought was a really good visual, was when you have Dolores Umbridge. Showing up, and she's appointed the new Defense of the Dark Arts by Cornelius Fudge himself directly. Mm-hmm. The new yeah, professor. This, this who time, is, Snape wasn't even given the option yeah, to, to apply for it. But she's dressed in total pink. Always. She's always in pink. Yeah. Everything is pink. But, like the, that, but that visual pink. where it's just completely different, and even at the beginning, you know, at the beginning ceremonies of the, of the year. And, you know, Dumbledore's doing his address, and suddenly she gets up out of no, you know, out of turn. Yeah. And then starts talking, and then they're like, okay. Like, it, but the, the, what I liked about this is just if you look at the cutaways, you just watch Alan Rickman's face. Yes. You know, where he does this, he's like, I've got another one. He's just like, he is so fed up. Yeah. Alan Rickman in this movie is fed up with everyone. He doesn't give a shit. No. He's so (laughs) done. He's done with everything. He's just like, you know, first I don't get my my defense against the dark arts teacher position. Then I've got this bitch I got to start dealing with. And she she deals pretty heavily with him. And and they don't like each other. And then he's going to start teaching Harry occulency, which... Is not a pleasant experience for anyone. So no. he has to spend more time with one of the people that he really doesn't like. Yeah. So Snape's position in this movie is fuck all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah, or in the, one of the scenes where he walks in, you needing me, headmistress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just, I don't You've know. used I'm up sure. our supplies of Veritas serum. Yeah. Oh, on on Cho. Yeah, Wait, you used my store. We are, but yeah, well, a little. But I just tried to just make a point. I was here. afraid something bad would happen to the kitten plates. Yeah. No, like, the kitten plates are evil. Yeah, no, they're on no. her side. Yeah. yeah. If you notice that in the scene, um, I saw one run one take out off of the scene that went to go get her. Mm. Oh, I thought it was like, I don't know, maybe McGonagall taking cat form and possessing a plate. No, then... nope. That was her cat. The, her cat kit. Her cat. Fleets are spies. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, the cats are evil in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't do anything much in the movie. Other no. than co- help contrast her s- innocuous style with her sinister... Personality. Actions. Yeah, she's... She is one of those people who can be very terrifying. Yeah. Because when you see them, if you saw her on the street and you would see this, like, prim and proper lady in a pink dress... And she likes, like, she'd be the type who has one of those flowers at the end of her pens. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, you know, flower she, at the end on her lapel. Yeah, she, you know, stuff like that that yeah. she's kind of fluffy looking. Yeah. So. To you, hide her abusive. Right. She's, yeah. she's a sadistic bitch. And she's actually quite terrifying to me. She Someone is. like her is quite terrifying to me. Yeah. So because she's the evil you know. We yeah. all know we someone have all like, had, like her. Dan has recently met mine. Yeah. In the doctor's office. Yep. Yeah. And she always hides the yelling. She always acts yeah. like she's got everything under control. I had a principal who was like her. Yeah. And that principal ran the Catholic school I went to. So Umbridge, to me, represented her, and yeah. Dan has recently met this woman. Yeah. I don't think I ever had one. I did. Yeah. Mine was my old postmaster, but we're not going to get into that. Right. Yeah. Um, you kind of did, I, th- I think, one of yours at Petco when you uh, worked there. I think um, there was one boss that was reducing your hours out of nowhere. Oh, that was the third boss we had yeah. in, like, yeah. a year. Yeah. That just shows poor pa- poor management, right? Yeah. Now. I did. I had a few, and trust me, it's still... He was a promoted co-worker. Yeah. In my, dark, in my darker moments, in my darker times, I kind of, the thoughts creep back up in me, and I'm not a fucking liar. Mm. You know, I'll no, dude. I'm not a fucking liar. Dude, trust me. Yeah. I understand how it feels to try to be gaslit yeah. into believing yeah. that you did something you didn't do. Yeah. So... Trust me when I yeah. say I understand this, yeah. and that's why I said that she is fucking terrifying. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it, and I see this. But you know, when we get to that, you know, Dolores refusing to teach, and this is the part that kind of got me myself. Like, she's you're not going to teach defensive spell; you're going to teach the theory of defensive spells in the defense of the dark arts class because it'll get you through your owls. It'll get you through and your owls, and it's, a, and it's a safe spot. So, at first, I'm like, you know, Lucy. it is school. She kind of has a point, but so kids do, too. They, it'll keep the kids weak, sure. From fighting, being able to fight back. But that also Dumbledore's arm. that also kind of implies that she doesn't want them fighting back against Voldemort as well. And that yeah. was a that was like a big confusion that I had originally with yeah. these movies. I thought that Umbridge was a Death Eater secretly. 
Mm. She's not. She's not. She She, really is not. She is legitly a government cheerleader in in every sense of the word. She does believe that Dumbledore's been lying this whole time. She truly believes that Dumbledore's trying to take over the Ministry of Magic, that he's gaining too much power politically. And she truly believes that what she thinks is the right thing to do. Um. That's she was just on a power trip or something. It, it's part of that yeah. too, but yeah. she actually believes in everything that she yeah. is preaching. And she uses a magic quill to etch in words while she has Harry write in lines that he's lying about Voldemort. I mustn't tell lies. Yeah, and he wants to know how many times, and she says, "Until you get, uh, until it sinks in." Yeah, yeah. which Basically, is pretty literally yeah. until you carve it into your hand. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember that, and I remember actually listening to the audiobook and hearing that, and that back and forth with a little bit of music was phenomenally well done. And But just that, that that passage spent time, so as he wrote it, and he did, he tried to do it again, and she made him do it again and yep. again. Yep. And again and again, and when you're hearing it, it and angles. then I'm hearing it on headphones, and then my hands start to twitch. Right, because you you start and, thinking about etching yeah. something into the back of your hand. Yeah, but it just there. But they have that they have slight scratch sounds when you when you're hearing it too, and it just like I think it lost a little effect there. But not spending a little time with it. I, I like thirty more seconds could have done it. What more is there to say? It's, but when they had that effect on the audiobook, I think that they spent a little more time showing you know, Harry's agony or showing a little bit more time. Or I think have, it would have sunk in. Have him do it again and yeah. see that, that there's blood coming mm. down off the letters because that's what happens in the book. He's he's actively bleeding. Yeah. Um, because when he comes out. It's a scratch or tattoo. Yeah. Her, basically, Hermione comes and sees it. When she sees it in the movie, he's already reading a book trying to hide it. Yeah. I believe in the in the book, she sees it when he comes back into the common room. Yeah. And he's actively bleeding. Right. Yeah. Um, and trying to hide it as well. It. Because Umbridge made him. Yeah. Well, I mean, did she cast a spell on it? There's a, there's a spell on the quill. Yeah. It, that it uses, it uses the writer's blood as ink. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Although it wasn't showing any... And it's it's a very old uh, type of magic because uh, Minerva actually yells at Umbridge later about yeah. using archaic forms of torture yeah. against students, and there are rules against that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was re- reference to magic and yeah. just like, hey, stop being so uh, corporal. And... Stop being a bitch. Yeah. 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 Um, Don't cut the students. Yeah. Basically, you're not allowed to alter their yeah. bodies, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> I don't know, when I remember being, like, 14 years old, and me and idiot friends would take shards of glass and literally cut ourselves, Ugh. carve things into ourselves like tattoos, because we were too young to get tattoos. Yeah. Things you do in Catholic school, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, there was... So, while I... I don't necessarily understand it, because the thought of cutting my own skin just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah. The scene is, it's not a pleasant scene by no. any means. No. And it's not supposed to be. No, it just, I think it would have driven it. Maybe it's like a difference between PG-13 and an R rating, mm-hmm. so to speak. If it had to be a little bit more, probably that balance. Well, was this, this movie had to be PG-13 because there's violence. They in it, all right? were. 
Yeah, yeah I think they all I were except the first. the first two were PG. Yeah. Although we start getting like Friday the 13th bot, like body counts going, for, going forward. From uh, here. Yeah, going forward from here, the death count starts going up. Yeah. She just starts and, dropping people yeah. like it, like it's a Halloween movie. Yeah, so Umbridge gains more control over the school here and starts having decrees and Filch putting the decrees <laughs> up. That ladder got really scary. I yeah. love the Filch scenes. Yeah. He's yeah. got him, amazing balance. With him you know, hammering these decrees into the wall, and they're all off kilter. Yeah. They're all like, they're not symmetrical at all. They're all out of order. Barely Every read, time yeah. a new one you Random comes up, places. he just puts it in a place that he can reach. Like, I love the scenes where Filch is doing that because it is so haphazard. And that, that ladder is fucking scary as hell. Yes. And the fact that he, he runs makes, out of space. He maintains balance on it, too, like yeah. a champ. So. God, I hope somebody, I don't know, has some magical self-stabilizing ladders or some shit. I don't know, maybe. But remember, Filch can't use magic. That's what I so. mean. It would have to be an enchanted yeah. ladder. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love the scenes when he's doing that because I find it, every time Filch is in the movie, in this one, you know something comical's going to happen. Yeah. I was just kind of wondering, is he on her side? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't like kids either. Yeah. He hates the fucking brats that he has to clean up after. Yeah, he he the because they he, could easily do they could do what he does easily with a with okay. a barely noticeable spell, but you know the Hogwarts forces him to clean everything manually. I don't manually. think they force him to. I think he's there because <sighs> he needed a job. Yeah, and this was available. This is all he could do. And and I think Dumbledore did it out of the kindness of his heart, even though he doesn't do any of that stuff. Right. Because when you find out Dumbledore is not a good person. No. Stop spoiling things. I didn't say how. You don't know, I know how. But, well, but you mentioned is... it like a couple weeks ago or something. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I forget that you didn't. You haven't been. Uh, I haven't read the books or seen or the seen movies the... until now. Yeah. Well, he's okay. I don't want to say he's a horrible person, but he's not he's a not great. good one either. I think he's misguided. He is yeah. Dumbledore yeah. has been misguided for over a hundred years yeah. at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, there are there are things he did in his youth yeah. that were uh, he I was agree. essentially you know what he was. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. get into it. Um, I agree. He made, he made yeah. choices in his youth that yeah. uh, he probably shouldn't I, have. I just think where I'll leave it at though. My thought is I think he just made choices. Got to a certain point that he's at the point like he says later. I think he's making bad choices, but he's doing what he thinks is correct. Right. Yeah. Right now, in this particular part, he's trying to right the wrongs that he did. Exactly. Um, and one of those major wrongs is Voldemort himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, he had a chance to take out Tom. And he did. did yeah. he, in fact, he's the one who introduced Tom to the Wizarding World. Yeah. So. And as Dumbridge gains more, uh, more and more control over the school, eventually becoming a, I think it's like a prefect or something, or she's she's representing she, the ministry that has power to control she, things. Yeah, she ha she's the yeah. um, I forget what they called her, but she, yeah, she uh, she has the power to yeah dismiss teachers, to dismiss teachers, but not throw them off property. Yeah, um, because she goes through she <laughs> tries to throw Trelawney off. Yes, yeah, she does, but. Uh, was 
One of, somebody comes along and says, no, you can't do that. McGonagall first shows up, yeah. and then Dumbledore shows up and says, uh, no. Yeah. You can dismiss the teachers, but you can't, um... You, you can't, can't take them off grounds. That's off still grounds. Lies, the power still lies with me. She goes, for now. And, yeah, but Professor Trelawney, though, that was a really super sad, even though we all kind of know... Right. She's, she's not she's, that great. She is, she, she is a prophetess. Yeah. She, an oracle, she's whatever. Not good. But it's, the problem with oracles is she, they, they don't, really they have, don't control have control over, over it. Yeah. It just happens when it happens. So while right. she has the power of a seer, she isn't that powerful. She yeah. just, you know, it happens when it Psychic can. diarrhea. Right. Yeah. The, the person who brought forth, for example, the prophecy that Harry and Voldemort were going to be connected was Trelawney. Yeah. She was the person who made that prophecy. Um, so... And the argument could be made she's the one who doomed Harry. Yeah, well, again, she doesn't have control over it. It just happens when it happens. But, yeah, looking at someone and being like, you know, you, you know, you've got ter- terrible, terrible luck. Doom is coming to you. You know, things like that. It's like, you could say that to everybody. Yeah. Because that's all she could think of to save her ass. Yeah. She knew. It didn't that really Uberidge save her, though. was yeah. writing ba- down a negative comment yeah. because she couldn't think of an actual prophecy. Yeah. Just a teeny tiny prophecy. And the, yeah, and the, so Dumbledore's army you starts to be formed. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore's army starts to be formed, a secret group where Harry starts teaching defensive spells himself. The, uh, required. The room of requirements. And it is it is uh the the MacGuffiniest MacGuffin of them all hmm. ever to MacGuffin. Hmm. True, and the but Umbridge starts recruiting Slytherin students as the Inquisitor Squad. Yeah, yeah. so brief briefly, Harry gets yeah. um Kind of recruited to become the teacher of the, of Defense Against the Dark Arts for a group of students who do believe that Voldemort's there, and he kind of gets this pep talk by from Ron and Hermione about being able to do this because you have four you're out of everybody you fought more more dark wizards than anybody else we know you faced <laughs> we have um, we need that type of experience if you know if we're gonna you know actually defend ourselves so. The room of requirement shows itself in the movie, anyway, shows itself to Neville. Neville brings Harry, and they bring everybody else. In the book, Hermione makes coins that say Dumbledore's army on them. And these coins are enchanted. And each one, if they are going to have a meeting time, it'll show up on this coin. It is not in the movie. They just kind of all get together and go. In the in the book, a couple of things. They have these these coins on them, and the piece of paper that Hermione had everybody sign was cursed. Yeah. That if you talked, basically, if, if the first rule about Fight Club: we don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. First rule: Dumbledore's army. We don't talk about Dumbledore's army. So if you talk, you get hexed. Yeah. Which unfortunately happens with Cho. Yes. But there was no hex in this movie. I know. No, yeah. there should have been. There Her face been. should have been covered in boils. Yeah. Well, it's something was mentioned there, but I think it was, uh, I don't know, that was... Um, 
Because you, well, no, you've got you, you've got that going on. Then yeah. you've got the twins yeah. starting their joke shop. Yeah, with this with yeah. their stuff, their puking pasties yeah. and their uh, their boil candy and fireworks and all sorts of get banned. Yep, yeah, all, all of their all of their products uh, are being sold now. Again, it a uh, book thing, not a movie thing. Yeah, it's because Harry gave them all the money from the oh. Triwizard Tournament that yeah. he won. And basically went. You guys want to make a joke shop? And they're the only, here's your starting money. They're the only Weasleys who will accept it. Yeah. Yep. But they're like, okay. Yeah. And That's why they were able to fuck off. Yes. Now, when they when they hit off, I mean, one of my favorite bits. I mean, I you both prepped me, and I loved that. But when the Fred and George take off from Hogwarts, yep. they, when they leave the academia, the yeah. The academic world is not really for us. It was the middle of the owls yeah. that they did, that they pulled their yeah. um, escape. I forgot what triggered it. Yeah, and I have seen this the, the scene where they leave where they their epic flounce. Yeah, I have seen this scene approximately three hundred thirty seven thousand fucking times. Yeah, because when I was working at Blockbuster. It was right when Blu-rays were starting to really become a thing, yeah. and it was right around this movie. So to show off the high def of blue, like the Blu-rays capability, yeah. we had this scene pop up on our not high definition monitors, by the way, in the store uh, to show off the yeah, beauty still of Blu-ray. The, they saw the big thick TVs, big, oh, the CRT big TVs. Yeah. CRTs, just yeah. like look how beautiful this is. That's still standard def, homie. That's yeah. 480 at most. Yeah. Was it? Um, was it Umbridge yelling at somebody that set them off? Well, it was she was separating the first year them from the first year student. The first year was crying because yeah. he had his hand carved into. Oh, and yeah. they're trying to um, comfort him, saying it's okay, don't worry, the pain will go away soon. And yeah. look, you can already see mine's already faded because when they get caught, when Dumbledore's army does eventually get caught, yeah, she has everybody in detention carving, I shall not tell lies. Into their hands. Yeah. So everybody who was in Dumbledore's army gets, gets that, scratch. that punishment. And, you know, but when that happens, it's from the book, is one of my absolute favorite things. <laughs> There's one line for it is when they had the fireworks that produced words. Yep. That produced words. And the line was, is they had words that were dirty and muggle and wizard. Yes. And I'm picturing that, and I just picture them flying down the hallways, right? Chit, fuck, chit, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and just picture it immediately. What I thought in my head is the supercut of Robin Williams live on Broadway saying <laughs> yep. every square word. <laughs> look it up. If you look up Robin Williams live on Broadway, <laughs> East, yeah, Easter egg. It is two minutes of seven and 17 seconds of every cuss word Robin Williams said in that linked together. <laughs> it is great. I every time I thought yeah. of that scene, yeah. my first thought, even though yes, I know it produced words, I did expect somebody to throw a middle finger. Yeah, <laughs> like I expected like a hand going "fuck you" or doing the V. Yeah, you would have done because, the, you know, yeah. go hang your balls in a wire. Yeah, yeah. Like All right, a yeah. rolling V. Yeah, <laughs> I could. I would have appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> Fireworks jumped to the various kids, yeah. um, and one left like a 
one of those nuclear bomb shadow spines. Yeah. Yes, Malfoy. and that was a Malfoy. Yep. Yeah. And, and then finally, a big giant red dragon. Yeah, the giant dragon. And the giant. I forgot about that. That was great. She chased her and that ate was her. Great visual. Literally ate her, and that's why she her hair was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> because at one point, Filch is standing next to her, trying to blow it out, and she just waves him off, like "Stop it!" But there's smoke coming out of her hair. <laughs> like it's it's a great scene. Yeah. And you know when they go through that and the giant W is going away and everybody's applauding like Weasley baby. Yeah. I love the fact too that every time the twins do something, Ron is always one of the first people to run out and start clapping. Right. Because he's so proud of his brothers. He's like, Yeah, that was great. This is awesome. Like he's He's their cheerleader. <laughs> I think he genuinely appreciates it because they're the ones that are closest to him. Yeah, them, them and Ginny. Yeah, because the the three older brothers are old enough to where they've they're out of the house, yeah. out of the house, or at least enough distance. Yeah. Whereas his two older brothers are only a year older than him, and Ginny's a year younger than him. Yeah. So they're they're in, they're like this little foursome group. Right. Yeah. yeah. So one night, Harry envisions Ron Weasley being attacked at the Ministry and sees Arthur, it from the Arthur, attack. I'm sorry, Arthur Weasley. Ron's dead. Yeah, you're attacked in, uh, from an attacker's perspective. You're concerned that it's Voldemort, that Voldemort will exploit the connection near Dumbledore and uh, ask Snape to go you know, do some occlumency lessons. Yeah. Uh, and now, when he does this, this was also a thing I'm like, Oh, man. They cut a lot of it. Yeah, or he does that, or they see him being attacked, and they go right to the dinner of, hey, Harry, you saved me. They, like, they, oh. they cut a huge part out. There's there's yeah. the part where Harry, there again, there's a lot of guilt in this for Harry. Yeah. Um, because this, it, it happens more than once, actually. Wait, are we talking with the, um, in the dreams? The Snape dream reading visions. is trying to get Both, into his no, mind. Even before that. Before that. Oh, even before that. When Harry enters the dream where he attacks or watches the attack of Arthur Weasley, in the dream, he is the snake. Yeah. He has the feelings of the snake and he wants to bite Arthur and he does bite Arthur in his dream. When he wakes up and tells everybody he's been hurt, like, get somebody to him quickly, he's, he feels immense guilt because he feels that he's the one that did that, even though he was kind of just a bystander. But because he felt all of the emotions and the like parts of it, he actually is extremely broken here, and he doesn't know how to tell anybody. Right. He's afraid he's going to turn evil. Right. He's he's starting. He feels that he might actually be starting to turn evil. Yeah. Um. And Dumbledore in this scene is ignoring him. Like every time he tries to talk to him, Dumbledore just. Blows him off, blows him off until he screams, look at me. Right. And he still doesn't talk to him. He just stares for a second and then someone else comes in and he's like, oh, thank oh, God. Snape, distraction. Snape yeah. walks in and goes, hey, go teach him occlumency yeah. so, so his brain can basically stop filtering Dumble, uh, Dumbledore. Uh, Voldemort. Voldemort, in. yeah. Because um, Voldemort doesn't know, apparently. No, I guess because. But if he finds out, he'll. He can manipulate. He can exploit it, yeah. Um, and during a lesson, though, Harry sees the Snape's memories, mm-hmm. and he start teaching. And this is where I, I just where I just love Alan Rickman with this. It's like, are you a moron? <laughs> Don't be a moron. <laughs> Pretty much toughen up. What is wrong with you? You know now. 
the thought that I had, he's going to try to infiltrate the mind of a teenage boy. Right. Would he want to shower after? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of uh, ugh in mm. this particular part because yes, he keeps diving into Harry's memories and Harry's feelings because yeah. when you're in there, you feel what they're feeling, you see what they're seeing. Yeah. And so it can be kind of gross. Yeah. And it's especially when Harry does the counter. Yeah. He goes into yeah. Snape's memories. And After Snape is, yells at him, your father was a swine. Yeah, but my yeah. father was, was, I forget what no, he says. No, he was good. But it's this scene in particular is when Harry realizes that his dad wasn't like the god that he put on this pedestal that he's been, that he's had this entire time. Because he finds out that his dad was a bit of a bully. Yeah. Um... Not just a bit of a bully. He flat Severe. out was one. A yeah. massive one. With yeah. a gang. With a gang behind yeah. him and then did terrible things to to Snape in front of groups of people. Yeah. Uh, like float him up and, and pants him? And pants him. Um, more than that, though. And it got even worse when you... Uh, again, this was in the book. Um, you find out that Harry's mom would defend Snape yeah. because they were friends. Right. Um, I wonder if it's a counterpoint for, okay, Harry's worried about turning, being good and turning evil like Voldemort, but I guess um, his dad was evil and turned good, maybe? Yeah. It, it Basically, it shows the transition after Harry's dad meets Lily, his mom. He kind of just backs off the bullying part and goes into fighting dark wizards mm. but it's never fully addressed that he changed as a person yeah right um That's why i hesitated to yeah he's it, it i can tell you this from the book and movie perspective james potter never gets redeemed nope no um he was a dick and he, he was a dick, a dick and he kind of remained a dick why did lily marry him because he was also he charismatic and kind of wooed her yeah. And like what, what, why do why do a lot of women flock to assholes? Yeah. I don't know. It's because they have a charisma and yeah. a confidence that uh, someone, for example, like Severus Snape, never did. Yeah. So you're going to be more attracted to the guy who's paying attention to you and giving you feeding you compliments and love bombing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, rather than the guy who is gloomy and sitting back, and then that kid who is gloomy or whatever else starts to lash out at you. Right. You're going to back off. And that kid can turn into what happened to Severus Snape. Yeah. Someone and who went down the wrong path. And never got over his high school crush. Yeah. And I'm trying not to go into stuff about book six that I remember. No. Thank you. But, but... I've deliberately not there said is, yeah, We get into a bit more later yeah. on. Yeah. But there is a bit, you know, when you do see it and uh, how they get into Bellatrix Lestrange and the Death Eaters and the oh. mass breakout of prison of uh, prisoners from Azkaban. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after um, Arthur gets attacked and Harry kind of goes and all that happens, Arthur is recovering in St. Mungo's, yeah. which is the wizard hospital. 
And, and it's again, it's a much, it's a much longer scene in the book. Yeah, he's not at, yeah. he's not at Grimwald Place. Yeah, he's in the hospital. They all go visit him in the hospital. And this scene in the book is where you find out about Neville's parents. Yeah, in the movie, they kind of went over it in the picture. Kind of did it really the, quick. Yeah, yeah of yeah. all the the Order of the Phoenix. Neville's parents are in that picture, and he and Harry have a brief conversation in front of yeah. uh, in front of the blackboard. Yeah. In the book, he sees Neville and his grandmother going into um, the mental part of the hospital, yeah. and you find out that Neville's parents are there, yeah. and that they are essentially both catatonic um, because they've been driven insane due to the Cruciatus Curse. That Bellatrix Lestrange yeah. put on them, um, and that's why Neville is so fucked up when he finds out that Bellatrix has escaped from Azkaban because she's the person who wrecked his family. Yeah, yeah, she was doing it under Voldemort's orders, but she directly was the one who she affected did him, yeah, and she, this is yeah. why he wants. Yeah, he wants event. He wants revenge. He yeah. wants to get her. So yeah. that's his motivation. And I can relate to Neville at this point. I love yeah, I can. Well, I can relate to him in many points, but this one in particular. But when he says the line, like, explains to Harry what happened, he's like, "I'm not ready for everyone to know about this right. yet." Is he's he's the he's the klutzy one in the school. He's the klutzy one, and he's very proud of his parents who were fighting up. Death yeah. Eaters and yeah. kind of lost their lives. Because yeah. let's let's face it, when you're catatonic, that's not yeah. a life. So they've lost their lives to the cause and he's very proud to be their son. Right. But he doesn't necessarily want the attention no. of that. I can kind of understand it, it yeah. because look at Harry. Yeah. Harry's had all this attention on him the entire time, his par- who his parents are, who he is. Neville's yeah. been watching. Yeah. Neville doesn't want that. Mm. Which is funnier when you realize because of how the, what the prophecy states of a boy that was born at the end of June. Yeah. Uh, would be the prophecy gets into a bit more detail in the book than it does yeah. in the movie. Boy who was born at the end of June was basically going to be the one that brings down the Dark Lord. Yeah, and, I thought it was end of July. No, he's, I thought his, I thought his birthday was July first. Yeah, or is it July thirty first? No, I don't I know. Remember. Their birthdays are very close. Yeah. yeah, like there was there were two kids that Voldemort could have picked because yeah. they were both born around the same time. One was Neville and one was Harry, and, and he, he chose Harry. Harry so the prophecy became about Harry. Right. And now there's so at Hogwarts, Sunbridge and the Inquisible Squad finds Dumbledore's army. And right uh, when they finished learning the Patronus charm. Yeah. We get to see most everybody's Patronus. We get to see the Jack Russell's Harrier that is uh that is Ron's that knocks people over. We yeah. see the we see That's the more otter. Of a lab or it was more of a lab. Uh, Jack Russell's yeah. like wishbone, a little tiny. Yeah. Well, Jack Russell size, right here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Cheeto by his harness, just like uh oh, air jail. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you and this time, buddy. Yeah, but Mama we have we have that Harry believes that show actually is the one who gave everything up to Umbridge. They do and briefly. They do briefly mention that yeah. Cho's parents or his her mother, who works for the Ministry of Magic, has been being threatened. Yeah. Of losing her job constantly. Right. And, but they have the dump. My favorite part, though, 
Dumbledore for, you know, who says, yeah, you know, I did it. They did it under orders protecting Harry, but also does the thing what I call, and I want this as a gift called I don't give a fucks. <laughs> it's like, you think I would go quietly? No. no. Fox flies in, he claps and apparates out of there. I'm like, nice. Yep. So nice. It's, I'm like, that was cool. That was it's cool. just like, how? How? Yeah. Again, no. It's never explained. Yeah. Because cool. there's one thing about Hogwarts that is mentioned, again, I, I have, I'm sorry to say, in the book. Yeah. You cannot apparate in and out of Hogwarts. Yeah. No. The grounds there's itself, the you grounds cannot. Itself, you yeah, can't the, do the it. teleportation things that the, that the twins were doing at the beginning, that's yeah. apparating. Yeah. That's like the equivalent of like teleporting yourself down the stairs. That's what they they yeah. don't walk down the stairs anymore. But you have they to apparate. Take a, you have yeah. to take a test, much like a driving test, to be able to to be allowed to apparate. Yeah, Yes, when they yeah. both like pop up behind her and yeah. she's like, just because you can use magic doesn't mean you have to. Like yeah. that. Like when they both pop in, you half expect them to go, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that part is great, but they yeah. The, once you turn seventeen, you are allowed. Uh, the the restriction is off, and you basically get, get allowed to get your license, your apparition license. Uh, and they and, did. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> at one point, we actually see someone get splinched. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah it's a couple we'll movies from now. Um, yeah. But yes, when you it makes me sad that I already used up my upper arm for tattoo space because <laughs> I could get that straight up splinch. Ugh. Mm. And Harry experiences another vision where Voldemort is torturing Sirius. Yes, and that's where it kind of spurns the whole... This is actually... That is directly after the owls. Yeah. The owls... True. The the twins have have fucked off. Yeah. Um, Owls have finished, and Harry sees this vision of uh, Sirius being... Basically being tortured... In the mystery of magic, and they're going to use the flu network from uh, use the one of the fireplaces in in Umbridge's office because it's the only one that's not being tracked yeah. right now. The only the only one there, but she does use it, and she uses a cru- almost uses a crucio cord. Uh, yeah, and there she realizes, oh, what fudge doesn't see won't hurt him. She yeah, she puts his portrait down. Who knows. Um, she calls Snape in to get more uh, more truth serum. Yeah. But he doesn't have no, it anymore. We already used enough. I don't have any in my store. She used it on Cho. She yeah. used the, the last, last bit. of it on Miss Chang, and that's when everyone's just like Oh um, fuck. So they, yeah, she they, didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. She was forced. We didn't get into when they burst in, did they? Yeah. No. We did. Well they yeah. they were doing the Patronus charm yeah. and, and basically uh they Ooh, knocked down the wall to yeah. get to get to them. Yeah, um, which was a good visual. I'm like, okay, there we are. There was a couple of funny scenes before yeah. that, too, with Filch, because Filch is supposed to be watching them, and he has been. Mm. He sits there with a sandwich. He sits there with a sandwich and, like, starts to fall asleep, and yeah. the room requirement opens a door, like, down the hallway past him, and they all sneak out. Like, it's it's a funny scene. Filch, um... Like, is fighting back. Yes. Yeah. Filch and, uh, and the Slytherin kids uh, start chasing them, but the door shrinks and then it turns into a broom closet. Yeah, like the the room the room is helping them because the room wants to help them because things it's are the sentient. room of requirement yeah. is what they require. Yep. Yeah. But they do, in fact, basically burst down the wall 
to get into this room and everybody gets caught. And that's when the Dumbledore's army thing comes out. And what we have here is um, a part for me that I kind of find fucking stupid. Okay. We see Gorp and oh, the half-brother. Grop. Grop, yes. Yeah, Grop comes along, but where Hagrid has the right idea, well, you know, it's going to be the point now that she's in charge and Dumbledore's not here, I'm probably going to get sacked soon. Somebody please take care of Grop, who is my brother. Yeah. He can feed himself, he just needs company. So you give it to a bunch, you know, you just show a bunch of 15-year-olds. We have established that Hagrid does not make good decisions. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not saying against the order or anything like that. It can make sense, but it's just like, I'm like, Maybe he doesn't really? trust anyone else? Well, it's it's more of the kids. He knows that the kids will, if he asks them, they will actually, yeah. you know, do things for him. And he feels, again, it's a, it's the product, product of Hagrid's back up, uh, upbringing. Yeah. Um. He only had his dad. His mom left when he was very, very little. His dad, the physics of yeah. of his parents being together goes beyond me. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, a few more yoga. Yeah, I knew I you were going to say it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's Thank just, you, Simpsons. Uh, yeah. Anyway. What are we going to, uh, you know, after a few more yoga classes? That was the Simpsons take on Paul Bunyan. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was funny as hell. Well, yeah, it's it's sort of that type of situation. Yeah. Because you got to remember, Haggard's mom is a giant, right. full on giantess. Well, yeah. thank God it was that way. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or else, yeah. boom. Yeah. But okay, so Haggard's mom is a giantess, and she's with Haggard's dad, who is a, by all accounts. Probably the height of Harry. Right. And Grop is small for a giant. Yeah, I was, yeah. At first, I'm like, is this like a toddler giant? No, no. He's he a special needs. He's kind guy. of. He's kind of in the in the requires some extra care. Yeah. Uh, type. Uh, and he, as far as I know, he's not a baby. Yeah. He's full grown. He's just small, I, and the other giants were bullying him. Yeah. So Hagrid went, he's my brother. I need to help him. It's hard to tell because we've never seen any giants, just two half-giants. You will. Yeah. Uh, there, it's so far. In, in the there will, the very last there, movie, there you will, will be see giants. giants. Yeah. There, there will be giants. There might yes. be giants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there will be giants. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the comeback. <laughs> it's the cover band. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, when we see this, although I do like the part where her mu- you have a good Emma Watson bit. <laughs> and I'm not the... Drop! Yeah. Put me it down! Is that very much that... Now! Or I'll have to break out the biplanes. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 you know, so you're just going to be staring with them. And I'm like, okay, I'm not a, like, I'm not a big Emma Watson fan myself. No. You know, like, oh my God, she's going to see everything. Like, I will probably more, like, if Daniel Radcliffe is in a movie, I will probably more likely lean to that. Yeah, I will too. Um, But, you know, when she's in a movie, I'd be like, nah, I'm kind of good. Well, he was in a miniseries called The Young Doctor's Notebook about a, Russian doctor yeah. who got addicted to, I don't know, 
Heroin he was all yeah. He was also in a good. also in a mini series where he played an angel that had to convince God to not destroy the earth. That was very funny. Yeah, and God was played by, if I'm not mistaken, was Christopher Walken. Uh, was it? Yeah. I. Yeah. Was it Christopher? I thought yeah. it was someone else. Trick but... question. Yeah. Is God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, he, put, boots. he was yeah. also he was also in a movie called Guns Akimbo, where yeah. he had guns literally yeah. taped to his hands yeah. for the in, in a bathrobe. Yeah. The Not taped. Nailed. Nailed. I'm sorry. Nailed into yeah. his hands. And yeah. Yeah. That's, we'll we'll yeah. get into that later. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Switchblade man, too. God, Switchblade, man, I forgot about yeah, that movie. That, that movie's one. fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, we got the, yeah. the giants in the... Yeah. Is that the Forbidden Woods? Dark in the woods? Forbidden the Forest. Forbidden Forest, yeah. Forest yeah. Doesn't yeah. seem like a safe place to leave. I actually really like... I, don't know. Yeah. I really like Ron's reaction to yeah. this, this scene, though, yeah. because the first thing that happens is when Grop picks up Hermione is he grabs a huge log... Hits Grop with it, the log breaks, and he looks down at his hands like, oh, God. Yeah. And then he's still shakily, I might add, yeah. saying, you, you drop her right now! Like, <laughs> he might take it literally. Yeah. And then, right. and then he afterwards, he, he puts Hermione down, and, like, Ron, like, grabs her, puts her behind him, and he's like, you, you leave her alone! <laughs> It's just, he's obviously afraid, yeah. but he's still like, you, you, leave her be. Don't yeah. come near her. Yeah. I'm going to move a little bit, but Umbridge, uh, you know, Harry and uh, Hermione take Umbridge to the forest to see Gorp. Oh, Hermione is like, I yeah. don't have a plan. This yeah, I'm improvising because <laughs> they just need to get her distracted to try to just get out of get out of all this. And, I thought she maybe yeah, they were going to have her yeah. killed. No, well, I think they, they were trying to just just to, to maybe leave her there. Yeah, <laughs> that was his, you know the claim that there was a secret weapon to try to you know stop for stop her from doing the Crucio curse to him. Yep. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, so then remember he's right, that's one of the forbidden curses. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly that's the one. I think that's the reason why she got suspended, because somebody told it. That's possible. Yeah, like, that's the reason why she exits out of the series. Well, she comes back. She, yes, but, you know, but it's still at that she's, point she's, she's gone. She's wearing a very specific thing. Right. Oh, yes. She comes back. She comes back with a vengeance. Right. Yeah, she's, she is, uh, right. yeah. Right. And, but Hermione, but where the centaurs confront them and kidnap Umbridge after she insults them and attacks them. She basically calls them, like, idiot creatures and they have no right to do anything and do it's you like know who I am? you're talking to a sentient being here right. that they has you surrounded their, and they have their weapons. own yeah. they have weapons and magic and they have their own government and hierarchy right and you're treating them like like kittens right it don't work that way um, but when they drag her away, she's like, please help me. And you're sorry, Professor, I mustn't tell lies. Right. Tell them I mean them no harm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. is what she says. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Professor, I mustn't tell lies. That brought uh, tears to my eyes isn't immediately. Isn't it just, like, beautiful? I was like, oh, good. It's yeah. just satisfying. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. They were good. Okay, go bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yep, and then she's gone. Bye, bitch, bye. 
They're in Harry and Hermione, Ron, Luna, Neville, Ginny, fly to the Ministry of Magic the one that, the, on the, uh... On Thestrals. On Thestrals, I cannot pronounce that, On yeah. invisible yeah. zombie horse things. Yeah, it just reminded me of a great cutaway in Family Guy, where, like, they had Superman and Wonder Woman flying the invisible plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a great one. She flies there. It's like the invisible toilet. Yeah. You're like, hey, Wonder Woman, what are you doing? I'm in the bathroom right now. <laughs> she gets out, goes out, goes out, goes back into the cockpit. I know she didn't wash her hands. <laughs> <laughs> and the, no. the six of them enter the Ministry of Magic here and then uh, to recover the object that Voldemort is after, a bottled prophecy labeled with Harry's name on it. And they cut a lot out of this because they yes, have to they go did. through quite a few trials to get to the room mm. first. They go through a few different doors, like... This is in the Department of Mysteries. Yeah. Like each, you know, just like every yeah. government, we, you know, there's every single different type of department and the... Everything is, is everything black and shiny? Yeah. Yeah. With, like, glowing mortar. Yeah. Essentially. I just kept thinking of the black bathroom from Bob's Burgers. Ah, <laughs> uh, when you, what you said that, I couldn't unsee it. Did it have brick in it? Yeah. I couldn't unsee it either, you know? <laughs> There, so they enter here, they go up to the Death Eaters, Bailey the Strange, Lucius Malfoy, and others ambush them. Yep, uh, they basically, they find the prophecy with Harry's name on it, Harry grabs it off the shelf, they do some creative editing here, because at first the thing is way above their heads, and then suddenly it's right at eye level with Harry, but we're not going to get into that. And um, continuity. Yeah. Although uh, I gotta say, the Lucius like reveal they tell you he swipes off the mask. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one like, oh no, it's not what it seems. And then I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, toss the coin to the wrong Witcher. Like, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was before the Witcher, there, sir. I know, I know. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> seeing it. I'm like, okay, well, I see his hundred years. Wait, when were the Witcher books written? Oh, no, I'm not saying that the Witcher books weren't out yet, um, yeah. but I believe uh, he was definitely out before the movie. Oh, well, much, much so, yeah. Um, there was yeah. another TV show in Poland. Yeah, really? Something like that, I oh. think, a while ago. Yeah, so it's Lucius reveals that it's Her- that Harry's vision of Sirius being tortured was a ruse to get him there. Harry refuses to believe the Lucius broke the prophecy, and the fight between Dumbledore's army and the Death Eaters ensues. Which I want that as a video game level. <laughs> but just do that and just hit that and hit the stupefy. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's kind of weird that stupefy also blasts them. I feel yeah. like that should be two different moves. Yeah. Because maybe it's because I played too much Guild Wars too, yeah. where you know stunning somebody, making them confused, are different things than yeah. knocking back. Yeah. Apparently, the first Witcher book came out in 1990. Oh, oh, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yep. Now I'm thinking when you if you have that as a video game level and you have them, they stupefy, wouldn't you want to have something like uh, like disturbed? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, that's right here. I'm sure there's something on YouTube. Yeah, I just, I I just, oh man, that would be so good. It probably is that way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That way here. I'm sure someone's done a, uh, done a super cut. It has to be. It has to be. And my God, it just, why the hell not? <laughs> uh, let's see, at least you land here. So Harry refuses that. He gives up the Death Eaters overpower the students, forcing Harry to surrender. 
When he does surrender, though, you have, oh, great series, come back and hands off my godson. Just everyone shows up. Yeah. And starts a big, epic fight. Yeah. And during this fight is when we, uh, the first of many that we're going to lose over the course of the next yeah. few movies, uh, Sirius Black does not survive this fight. Uh, in the book, they go into much more detail about what this archway is. Yeah. The archway, Harry can see the swirly whatever's yeah. in it, yeah. and he can hear the voices in Lunacan too, for the same reason they can both see Thestrals. Yeah. Right. What this archway does, as far as I remember, it's been a long time since I read the books, but stepping through this archway basically just removes your soul from your body and just kills you. Yeah. I don't know what the point of this archway is. It's just there, and it just straight up kills you. And in the book, he was he was fighting Bellatrix, but she knocked him backwards into the thing. She didn't hit him with a Vada Kedavra. Right. Because the movie's implying that's what killed him, then he just fell back into the thing. It's like, no, he got knocked into it, and that's... I wasn't it, even sure he was in the arch, or maybe he was just turning into a ghost? In the in the book, he gets knocked into the, into the arch archway, and it's such a... That's me, sorry. That's right. It's such a, like... Uh, uh, fuck, what's the, I lost the word. Uh, such an anticlimactic way for this character to go, because he's just, he's there, and then he's not. And it's like, in the span of a sentence and a half, he's just, serious, is just gone. Right. It is, it is abrupt, it is violent, it is... Oh, fuck, what now? Yeah, I remember... I remember that, and you're like, and hearing the Jim Dale performance of going through it, and that quick sudden, the sudden stop, and then there's a few seconds of silence, and he goes back into the Harry voice, trying to deal with all of it, mm-hmm. and just trying to do it and spend time. But just to point this out, listeners, like, there's about twenty twenty five minutes of the movie left at this point. And I really think at some point they're hitting the gas. Yeah. Like, the screenplay is very weird. And I know, yes, movie to book, you got to cut things out. And I can't help but think of, like, the the Stephen King Shining versus The Shining with Jack Nicholson. Whereas, here's the thing. I actually enjoyed the Jack Nicholson one more. Me too. Because the... the uh, the book, quote unquote, book yeah. accurate one with guy from Wings and wasn't like that, yeah. wasn't really book accurate because yeah. I read the book and it was just it was weird in its own right. And but the point of that is, and you're right, me too. But the point of that is, is that you you're so you, things are going to be different, and that's okay. We get that, but it just seems like. If you want to have someone who's angsty trying to deal with it, because just a little bit before this, you have Sirius saying that one line, and I looked over at Kaz on the couch and seeing if she caught it, but he says that one line, oh, soon after this we'll be a proper family. Oh, so you just... Uh, and it's just like, it's like, yeah. oh, God. It's like, like the equivalent of someone in a yeah. disaster movie pulling out the family photo. Yeah, like... It's, it's like, I've only got two, I've only got like two weeks to retirement. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's like, no, 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 you're not yeah. going to... Oh, Don't say of I'm thinking of Dewey Cox. Oh, well, we're going to have a good time in our good long life, Dewey, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I like being alive. I like being alive. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah, good luck. Do we? I think I have a little bit of a cut. You cut right in half. I know. Go get a Band-Aid. But, you know, when you have that, you're like, oh, geez, it just, like, it, it wraps that up, I think, too fast. Because you have all the good guys there, like, they get all the Death Eaters out of the way, and then, you know, taking them out and trying to deal with all this. Because then, you know, when they're trying to deal with it, you know, of course, you know, Dumbledore apparates back in. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And then you have the Voldemort battle. And then everybody else watching, motherfucker, like, Did Harry, what like, now? chase down Bellatrix yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. And almost kill her? Yeah, I mean, you go there and you're like, they, but there's the good thing when he comes back. And I do like that because, you know, when you have that whisper, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a hell of an entrance, you know. Harry, you want to do it? Go ahead. I mean, you know, want to do like he could do the Avada Kedavra curse, and I don't think anybody would care. You have to care. mean it, Harry, because yeah. he tried to cast Crucio on her, and it, and it kind of hit her, but didn't really work because he didn't really want to torture her. Right. He wanted revenge, but he didn't want to be evil while doing it. Right. Right. And he's trying to fight that good and evil, and you know, there's a line with. Which I think is one of my favorite serious lines of all time, and I'm paraphrasing a bit. We all have light and dark in us. What we choose, which one we choose determines our character. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love that line. And I sent it to my goddaughter's mom. I said, this is everything with Emily I've ever wanted to be. Yeah. You know, and as a godfather myself, I'm like... This is it. That symbolizes who my aspiration. And she wrote back, yeah, but he didn't have enough time as much as you do, so you have the time to do that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I do. Yeah, and it was like serious. Like, he wanted to try to make up for lost time, but he couldn't see past seeing James when he looked at mm. Harry. And, like, in the movie... Even says it in the fight, too. He calls him James. Yeah. Because, nice like, shot, to, James. Yeah, because to him, that's just... No, that's just... My friend is my friend is back. Because yeah. he also got sent to prison at, when he was, what, 20? Yeah. And spent 14 years being tortured? Yeah. Or 12, 12 years being, like, tortured to the point of, like, mentally breaking. So, yeah. of course, he's not going to be all there. Yeah. He's not going to be... Oh, no, the family you know. tree is one of those that's burned out, mm -hmm. too. And he even tries to say, like, oh, yeah, my mom did that when I got sent away. You know, and that, you know, Voldemort appears here, but in the moments before he could kill Harry, Dumbledore arrives, and the violent duel erupts, and destroying much of the ministry itself in the atrium... While Bellatrix escapes, and then the two wizards are evenly matched, so Voldemort possesses Harry's body, and wanting to throw Dumbledore to sacrifice him, the love Harry feels for his friends and his family drives Voldemort out. Yep, it basically, uh, all the occulency lessons he's been getting from Snape the whole year, yeah. none of them worked out because he's absolutely terrible at occulency. Like, yeah. Just like he's fair at most subjects, he excels at Quidditch, and he sucks at basically everything else, and he can't do the Occlumency until he's given, until he's shown what it is he'll lose if he doesn't. He, he yeah. gets decent grades. According to his owls, his um, fair grades. he gets uh, outstanding he, yeah. or, ex or uh, exceeds expectations. Right, yeah, right, yeah, enough to be an order, you're right, yeah. 
But I think he, um, when he does find that love, it kind of goes back, and I think it links, you know, the it's the links the spell that yep. his mom put on him. Yep. And, you know, and it kind of goes back, okay, but to your point, it gives him a thing to believe in. Yep. It gives him something in order to drive his feelings that far forward, and I get it myself because I see that, and I go, okay, because... I didn't feel that this was getting kind of on the mushy side of it, but some things, you know, in life where you you have a reason to fight for things. Mm-hmm. Like, I got married, okay, I'm not going to do stupid shit because Kaz needs me. Right. I'm not going to do stupid shit. Like, when I was like, okay, I got the Godfather mantle. Mm-hmm. Two awesome, you know, two great kids, one I brought on myself. And another, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do shit because I have this or because of friends and things. Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, I get it, but the... You have something to care about. Yeah, there's there's something here. And, like, to the point of it where Harry is saying earlier, he's like, I don't have a family anymore. I've got nothing. And he's say, they say that to Ron. She, he says that to Ron and Hermione on the stairs. Yeah. Like, the, yeah I don't yeah. have parents. I don't have anything. I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure it's great. But now he's like, oh, I got something I'm hanging on to. Right. It's like, I do have and people who that. love me. I do have yeah. people who care about me. Tom, you it's don't like, have anybody. It's yeah. like, you're officially a Weasley, Harry. Get over it. Since the minute he walked yeah. in and, and Molly was like, oh, Harry, dear. Yeah. You know, it's. Isn't this the one thing where she finally gets him a sweatshirt? Or so? She's she, been, she made him a she sweater. She made him a sweater yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with an H on it. Um, it's almost an identical sweater to the, the R yeah. sweater that Ron gets. Right. But essentially it means That's that... Right. Um, it is, basically means that it's, it's he's a part of the family. Yeah. Once you basically get a sweater yeah. and she's been knitting these yeah. all year... Yeah. And so, she gives one to Hermione, Hermione too. Hermione gets yeah, one, too, because yeah. Hermione's part of the family. Yeah. Um, and it's But it's really que- it's really sweet and cute yeah. um, when that happens, though. Yeah. Molly, I, I, I told Dan when we were watching this, in this movie, it, to me anyway, Molly is the only one who's truly thinking about Harry as a human being mm-hmm. and not... not what he is one. and who he's supposed to chosen represent. One, quote, yeah. Unquote, yeah. He's not... To her, he's not. Um, he's not. The he's not a James. Lives. He's not. He's not a James clone. Yeah. Like he is for Sirius. Yeah. He's not the boy who lived. Yeah. Like he is for pretty much everyone else. He's not the savior that is supposed to you know to help everyone. The one that D- uh, Dumbledore kind of sees. Yeah. He is a fifteen-year-old boy who has been thrown into awful circumstances yeah. and needs care and affection and that's what molly sees she is the only person who sees him as just a normal human being yeah and i think it was even right back to in the first movie where he had to figure out how to get on the platform Mm -hmm. and she was the one who showed him was it yeah she really on the first movie. oh yeah because she because he watches them get on and he does that and then gets in there and she kind of notices i believe yeah so at this point, after it, he figures out the ministry officials arrive, they miss such a good part though. Yeah. The the part where the they show this this fountain that's in the front, 
And it's got a, this is in the book, it's got a, a house elf, a centaur, a wizard, yeah. and there's one other thing. There's one other being. I cannot remember. Goblins. The goblin. Yeah. And the, the four of them are together in this fountain, and it's a statue. When Voldemort starts his actual um, siege on the Ministry of Magic, when all of these these wizards start showing up and there's a fight, the fight that happens between Harry and uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort, the statue comes to life huh. and starts fighting off wizards. It's in the book. Huh. All the, the house elf goes off, the goblin goes off, the centaur goes off. The wizard goes off. They're just it's just like automatons. But they're they fight they start fighting along with the wizards uh to help Dumbledore and Harry. Because it's like a, a security measure, a failsafe. And they didn't put it in the movie. Yeah. I was sad. I was actually looking yeah. forward to that scene because that scene was neat. And it would just been a little just a little nod. As probably the expense. Or I don't something. care. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like this movie hasn't made money hand over fist since its release. True. So it made its money back in you, one week. You could have yeah. tossed in a three thousand, three hundred thousand dollars scene there, yeah. and you wouldn't really have lost any money at all. Yeah, it would have been like a pimple covered in makeup. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it would have been nothing to sneeze at. I yeah. just think that that scene was the one that I was looking forward to in this mm. particular one and I didn't get it and I was sad. Yeah. This happens a couple more times in these in the movies to come. Yeah. So Fudge resigns in disgrace. Umbridge is dismissed. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore returns to Hogwarts and it's all in a flash, flash, flash of newspapers as they say the Daily Prophet. Yeah. Dumbledore explains he distanced himself. I ignored you because I didn't want the connection to be seen. I ignored you because I thought yeah. I was protecting you. Yeah, I, I thought I was doing right. Uh, but I'm wrong sorry. and I suck at it. Um, here, so explains that the, uh, Harry, uh, yeah, Sirius's death. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, there's a prophecy, though. Uh, neither <laughs> can live while the other survives. Yes. Dumbledore is the only one who really knows the prophecy beyond anybody else except for Harry now because Dumbledore was there when the prophecy was given. Yeah. And he Isn't was... Isn't it one of his memories? Yeah. The pensive that was That's put in there. into the That's door? That's what I was yep. thinking, yeah. The moment one of the last ones that he pulls out and throws in. No, it's that's that's what's in the orb. Is his memory? Oh, yeah. Oh, because oh. he was the one who received the prophecy. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. why when it breaks and it goes away, the prophecy's now gone. Yeah. But the only one who's who heard it was Harry. Yeah. So basically, like you said, Dumbledore tells him, "Just like, yeah, I kept everything from you. I kind of fucked up. Uh, strap in, buddy. It's not going to get better." Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really interested in seeing what they do at the end of the next the next movie. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see. With it, it, all that. A little bit of the saturation returned at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to see a little bit of the sun, but not too much because this is still England. Yeah. <laughs> so There's a bit more color in the next one. Oh, good. Because... The next movie deals a lot with, funnily enough, the kids' relationships with each other. Um, 
Yeah, that was a fun part of the last It is, and it actually yeah, is yeah. a fun part of the movie, too, is yeah. the kids' relationships with each if, other. If I'm not mistaken, like, this next book is the doesn't have Voldemort really... He's not really in it, it, no. It's in... It's... He's mentioned, but, like, yeah. he or the Death Eaters don't really show up. It's a... Because everything's happening outside of the school. They're yeah. dealing with the stuff that's going on inside of the school. Everything with the Death, e- Death Eaters is going on outside of the school. You, The next movie has, uh, like I said, interpersonal relationships with the characters. Yeah. Uh, Draco's mental breakdown. <laughs> um, but it's the setup for the for ending. For the ending. That, you know, but I think it's very, very important in my personal interpretation of the sixth book was that you had to see, okay, you have to go back and show how the world is crumbling, but you have to make the readers care about everybody mm-hmm. in order to put everybody on the right side. Right, which is why we start seeing some of Voldemort's backstory. Yeah. So we're going to take a little break. And uh, no, when a- we come back, I actually remembered to do the IMDb game. This awesome. Week. So awesome. You so we're going to do that. that it's a game. When we're back, we're going to tell you about Movie Theater Time Machine and a brand new podcast. And while you're here, check out the all new MovieTheaterTimeMachine.com. So we have every episode we've ever had for the past nearly seven years now. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Sometimes when you stop and you think, you, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Wow. Nearly seven years we've had that. Shit. And. Back from the old days of 40, uh, 40, 41, back from the old days of 59 Media. Yep. Um, we also have a new podcast that did one of our on Monday mornings. It's Real Talk with Sensei Nick is back. Um, of course, it's me. Um, but we have a very, very good time. Actually had a couple of really, really good episodes coming up very soon. By the time I'm recording this, uh, you'll probably get it as well. Is I had a great conversation with my parents about my early days in martial arts. Um, and uh, some really, really funny stuff came out that I totally forgot about. <laughs> um, but, you know, stuff I... Well, listen to the episode. You'll hear it. All right. So, Dan, you got a little game to play yes. because fantasy casting doesn't come out fantasy well Fantasy casting's here. a bit rough when uh, all eight movies you watch have more or less cast. the same cast. Yeah. So, uh, since I forgot two for the first few movies, um, I'm, I figure I'm going to cover our, tr- our main three yeah. and our secondary party together. Nice. The six characters all, to- all told. You know, Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, uh, Luna... And uh, Ginny, because those three kind of become the secondary adventuring party. Sounds and, good. Uh, the way uh, if you're if you're new here, uh, the way the IMDb game works, I have uh, borrowed slash stolen this from the Flip the Table podcast. It's where I f- take an actor from the movie we watched, find another movie they've done, and present it. Uh, with how many ratings there's there's been, uh, the name of the movie, the basic plot, and some keywords. Present it to our panel here, and they have to guess what the star rating is. Um, you know, 5.1, 3.4, 10.0, whatever. Like, and whoever's closest to the nearest decimal point wins the point. And whoever wins at the end of it doesn't actually win. You don't win anything. Anything except to say, yay. So, uh, also, if points you get... Points don't matter, like they The points, up. the rules are made up, but the points don't matter. What was... That's, uh... Whose line is it? Thank you. Yeah. 
So I've got to find a pen because I thought I had this sorted out. Okay. So uh, I have six movies here starring uh, six of the actors from this film. We're going to start with the big one, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Joss mentioned Guns of Kimbo oh, earlier. Me too. <laughs> uh, and that's the movie that I uh, that I chose here. It's from 2019. Uh, Danny Radcliffe plays a character named Miles who is forced to use his newfound uh, gladiatorial skills to save his ex girlfriend on some kind of crazy like survival TV show sort of thing. I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't seen it, but it's it, every Daniel Radcliffe meme you've seen of him holding two guns and a bathrobe with the bear slippers. Yeah. That's Guns Akimbo. Came out in 2019, as I said. Uh, 68,000 ratings uh, and includes keywords car chase, split screen, and narrated by the protagonist. Okay. So, what do you think this movie got four stars? Ah, uh, 6.3. 6.3, okay. 7.4. 7.4. And Josh? I'm going to go in the middle and say like 6.8. 6.8. Well, Kaz actually got it spot on. Of course she did. <laughs> so if, she gets it, if they get it spot on, that's five points. Okay. So, blam. 6.3 stars for that one. I don't okay. know. I figured it's probably okay, but most movies don't go super high or super low. So yeah. It, it, looks, like... it looks like it's like really like deliberately over the top. Yeah. It's kind of one of those situations. Like I, I, I watched it, the trailer on mute because yeah. I do that with a lot of things. I'm just like, wow, that... That's way more than I thought this was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Rupert Grint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Weasley. Uh, he was in a movie just after the first one, the uh, first Harry Potter film, called Thunderpants. Oh, yeah. Thunderpants. Thunderpants <laughs> is, is a film in which a child's extreme ability for flatulence is harnessed to make him a, a, an, an astronaut. Um, Sounds like one of my relatives. Mm. <laughs> With 6,000 reviews. At least you didn't do CBGB. And the, I watched that movie. And the keywords, space sci-fi, astronaut, and, perhaps unsurprisingly, flatulence. <laughs> what do you think this the, the movie Thunderpants from 2002 oh. got in uh, IMDb star rating as of maybe four hours ago? I'm going to say uh, 3.4. Okay. I'm going to go with 5.2. 5.2. 4.2? 4.2. Because I never heard of that, so I doubt it did really well. Okay, funny thing. Nick and Kaz are both incredibly close. Damn but it. Nick got it by one oh. decimal point. Yay! <laughs> so three point eight stars. Okay, I gave it a little too much credit. <laughs> Besides, a movie with a premise about farts is probably not going to get like sevens and eights. Well, it's not going to get yeah. accolades for certain. Yeah, right, right. We're not in the idiot. we're that's not in the idiot. Yeah. interesting concept. We're not in the idiocracy territory yet. <laughs> not yet. All right, and next up, Hermione Emma Watson. The movie I chose for this one is one Joss is familiar with. This is the end. I love that movie. 2013, wherein she plays herself. She plays herself. And beats the crap out of, what, four people with a shovel? Yeah. Uh, over a bottle of vodka. Over a bottle of vodka. Uh, I will show you. 429,000 reviews. Keywords include apocalypse. Yep. Film within a film. Yep. And man on a leash. Yeah. I love him. I love him. Uh, 7.6? 7.6. Uh, 
Seven points. Because I've heard okay. of that before. That movie. Eight point seven. Eight point seven, and Joss. I'm going lower. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it about a seven. To seven. seven. Okay, uh, Joss, you are the closest. It is six point six stars. Mm. Uh, Damn. I, I've seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> six point six. It's a fun, it's a fun movie, but it is it's, not. It's high not art. high art. <laughs> Okay. Okay, and now we're going to get into the weird shit because after the Harry Potter movies, the uh, the follow up team didn't really do a whole lot that we would have seen. There's a lot of like British stuff since they're British actors. It makes yeah. sense. So first off, one of three. Yeah. First off, Bonnie Wright, who yep. played Ginny Weasley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only movie I could really find that seemed somewhat funny and it seemed to kind of fit because we're in December now was a movie called My Dad Is Scrooge. Where she was the voice of a talking animal from 2014. Mm. Um, it only has 283 uh, ratings oh. total. And the only, <laughs> the only keywords are Christmas and holiday. <laughs> 3.4. 5.4. Because it sounds like it did terribly. Yeah. It's going to be like a 4.1. Okay, uh, once again, Joss is closest. It's a 4.4. Okay. All right, boom, boom. All right, next up, Matthew Lewis, who played Neville Longbottom. Yeah. Who, uh, in in later movies, they had to, like, ugly him up because the boy got he glowed unreasonably up. attractive. He did, he glowed I, up well. I did see something like that, and, yeah. And yeah. he's been in a bunch of stuff as, like, side characters. It was rough to find something that yeah. he was actually the leading man is man in. But I found it. I thought you said mayonnaise. I, I almost did. <laughs> it's a movie from 2020 called Baby Dunn. Is that white? Yeah. Baby what? Baby, Baby Dunn. Dun. It's okay. about uh, it's about Matthew Lewis and uh, well his character anyway and his longtime girlfriend. They get pregnant Oops. and they have entirely different reactions to it. She wants to finish all of her life dreams. He mm. start, he's like. We're gonna have a baby. We're gonna like settle down, and it's all about like the relationship between the two of them. Huh. Um, so yeah, she tries to like rush her bucket list before she has a kid, and she thinks she can't do it anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Your so, life doesn't end with children, I think. Yeah. Uh, Considering I don't have children, yeah. I said I think. Yeah, with yeah. one point seven thousand reviews, and literally the only two keywords are pregnancy and overalls. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing she's wearing overalls for a good chunk of uh, the preview at least. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think this movie got? Five point seven. Okay. Follow up questionnaire: Is the baby done? How do you spell done on this? D O N E. Okay. So, yeah, the baby. Oh yeah. Like, but, uh, like, like over. Like ba- yeah, I didn't think it was like baby D U D U N or like the last name was done or something. Yeah, no, it's done. Yeah, so I'd say stick a fork in it or not. Yeah, stick a fork in it. I'm done. Yeah, I'd say three point two. I don't think you want to stick a fork in a baby. Depends on the baby. I'm gonna go like five point five. Five point five. All right. Uh, Kaz took this one. Six point oh. Wow, it's higher than we both thought. Indeed. All right. Yeah. Not by a ton, but it was higher. All right, and the last one, Ivana Lynch, who yeah. played uh, Luna Lovegood. Uh, I forgot to write down the year for this one, but I'm pretty sure it's around the same time this movie came out. It's a mm. movie called My Name is Emily. It's huh. about a girl named Emily who runs away from home to try to uh, to try to rescue her father from a uh, mental institution. I was going to say a cult. Okay. <laughs> mental institution. So um, is it a kid's movie? 
Not really. It's okay, kind of a road so. trip sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.2 thousand uh, re- uh, ratings. Keywords include Ireland, teen movie, and sci- uh, psychiatric hospital. Wasn't able to find any funny keywords. This 7.9 time. on this. 7.9. Okay. Uh, 6.3? Okay. I was going to say like 6.8. 6.8. Okay, and cinching it with one decimal point, because the 6.5 star rating gets Kaz the point Mm -hmm. by literally one decimal point. So, let's see. One, two, six. Kaz wins. Kaz wins this time. Oh my god, I never won this, and I never (laughs) thought I would. Because Nick's got one point, Josh has two. Yeah, yeah, I'm participating. (laughs) I'm participating. Great. Dr. Zoidberg. Yeah. Yay, I'm participating. Nice. I'm participating. The minute she got the five at the go, I'm like, we're fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there was only six questions. The worst part about it is you picked the number I was going to pick. I was like, God damn it. I had to change my answer. <laughs> so uh, next week I'll put another one together. I think it'll be a teacher's edition. We'll go through a few of the movies, probably have oh, something fuck. from McGonagall. From Trelawney, yeah. McGonagall. Jeez, those um, are big actors. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Eye Moody. Be Those a, are all uh, big. Brendan Gleeson, mm-hmm. um, I'm pro- yeah, uh, I'm pro- Maggie Smith, yeah. uh, uh, Alan, Rick- Alan Rickman, yeah. and Alan um, fucking Rickman. Yeah. Wasn't Willow? It's called the Warwick Davis of MacGyver. Oh, but the, so, yeah. the character of Slughorn that comes in next. Uh, I thought he said yeah. Slughorn. Well, uh, well, well. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, people try, to, people try to claim he's the only good Slytherin. It's like <clears throat> that implies he's good. Yeah. All right, y'all. So I guess we'll wrap this one up. Indeed. All right. So now we move on to the Half Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. So be good. Take care of yourself, but don't be too good now. <laughs>